Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. Some people may have counted me out because of my legal issues, but baby, don't count me out. I'm back to reclaim my throne as the queen of bounce. Hold tight, because we're about to slay this bitch. You already know. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. I'm Aisha Harris, and this is Represent. Now, in case you missed our episode earlier this week in which Farallon, Dr. Robin Boylorn, and I discussed the finale of Insecure Season 2, you should definitely head back into your feed after you listen to this and check it out. It was so good having Robin join us after she did such an amazing job recapping The Bachelorette with us. And we got into the nitty-gritty of Season 2 that you don't want to miss out on if you're a fan of Issa Rae's hit show. In this week's second episode, we've got another great conversation, this time with an exceptionally dynamic artist and reality TV star, New Orleans' one and only Big Frida, a.k.a. Queen of Bounce. She recently dropped by the studio to discuss the latest season of her show on Fuse, Big Frida Bounces Back, which chronicles her attempt to move forward after being convicted of Section 8 housing fraud and sentenced to three years probation. We also talked cultural appropriation, queer identity within the Black community, and the lingering effects of Hurricane Katrina. Take a listen. All right. Well, I'm just so happy to have Big Frida, the Queen of Bounce here. Welcome to Represent. Thank you, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've been catching up with your show over the last few days. I'm very obsessed. And I actually saw you for the first time at New Orleans Jazz Festival last oh, year. Yes, and I love Jazz Fest. That was so much fun. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Thank you. So Appreciate much twerking that. happening there. <laughs> so we have this new season of your show. This is the sixth season. Um, and when we last saw you, it was Big Frida, Queen of Bounce. And, yes. you know, you were going through a lot of highs. Uh, you had Beyonce calling you to be on formation. Um, you were getting all these great gigs in news places and traveling all over the place. Um, but you were also, you know, dealing with some some new setbacks with yeah. with, with regards to the Section 8 housing fraud mm. and, and dealing with the legal repercussions of that. And so now this new season, we have Big Frida Bounces Back. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like what you were hoping to show your fans going into this new season and what you were hoping to show yourself? Um, well, definitely I was, you know, pointing out that no matter what type of life adversities come your way, that you can bounce back from them. You know, sometimes they always say, oh, I took an L this year. Well, you can take an L and turn it into something very much positive. Mm -hmm. And I want to give my fans an opportunity to see that, you know, 
it the good comes with the bad and you everything can't be all good all the time i made a mistake i owned up to it and i'm pushing forward and that's why we changed the name of the show to big freedom bounces back nothing can hold this queen down mm-hmm. i can i can tell and i mean one of the things I found really fascinating was, and especially in the first episode, um, you know, you what struck out to me was like, even though you you were able to avoid jail time, you know, you also had to deal with like the, this sort of invasive like scrutiny of like going through drug tests and how difficult that was. Yes, um, I'm still dealing with that. But, yeah. you know, it's something that I have to deal with for just a little bit longer. And um I'm taking it with pride and I'm I'm doing what I need to do. And, you know, with this setback, my mind is more clear now. I have I'm very focused. I'm focused on my career, on my business, on every aspect of my life. And um I'm grateful that this minor setback, you know, is gonna be for a major comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of you sort of moving up, one of the things that is being explored this season is sort of you getting to the even bigger levels beyond Beyonce, beyond all of those things and getting to uh, even more mainstream success, but at the same time struggling with, you know, not leaving your team behind, you know, you're re-auditioning your dancers. And I'm curious as to like what sort of like what the pressure is like for you as someone who and you see this all the time with people who are who are coming up they they feel the pressure to not leave their team behind you were there with them from the beginning but then at the same time you feel as if though they're holding you back yeah it's a, it's a really rough situation you know just to clarify um i've been doing this for 20 plus years and they all wasn't there with me in the beginning mm. actually none of them that you see was there with me in the actual beginning That's the true. beginning was the people in my neighborhoods, the people in New Orleans, all surrounding. At one time, I had 20 dancers or girls out of my hood that was my dancers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm reminded of that when I think about where where I've been and where I'm going as well. Like, I've I've changed so many dancers over the course of time. And, um, you know, who's to say they may not be back with me, but... um, Sometimes to move to a different space and place in your life, you have to make some drastic changes. And sometimes those are the hardest changes, you know, to make boss moves. You know, it's just like an employer who have to fire somebody who's been with them for so long and done so much towards that job. And it's, it's, it's not an easy process, but you have to do what's best for you, for your energy, for your career, for your your brand, all of that in one circle. And um, it's, it's not easy. I must say it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, it's also like one of the things I, I notice seeing you struggle with is not just, you know, leaving people behind, but it's also feeling the pressure to support all of these people like you for some of them you are sort of the breadwinner of 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 you're, you're the reason why they are making money um and and for like, all of them yes for all of them and yes. and that's like that's a lot to deal with it is there's a lot of pressure you know i not only you know have all these employees that i take care of but i still have my own personal life i have my family who you know, looks to me to be the star who they they need things and they want me to support them with certain things, you know. And then you have friends who, who you know, have their hand out. So it's, 
it becomes a lot when you have all this pressure on you and people expect you to get up every day to work in order for them to eat. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what do you what do you do in certain situations? So, like, how do you get to the point where you just say, no, I got to do this for me? Um, You know, you get fed up. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Everybody gets to a breaking point. Everybody gets to a fed up point. And a lot of times um, I try to balance it out. I try to do what I can do for who I can do it for at the time. And I try to be fair with everybody. I try to give everybody opportunities. I try to, you know, it's a pie and everybody gets a slice at a time. And um, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Now, as you you move up and you continue to gain this this access, um, can you talk a little bit about one of the things that stuck out to me watching one of the episodes from a previous season was seeing you go out on these interviews like we're doing right now, where you're getting interviewed by a lot of people who are not familiar with NOLA Bounce or they're not familiar with queer culture. A lot of them are, are white, straight men. And I'm curious as to like, what is it like for Has it been like for you to move into these circles and, and feel like to have to explain yourself in some ways? Like, yeah, does it I'm, get a little? No, I mean, it's kind of when they don't know, it's, it's easy for me to educate them, mm-hmm. you know, and I teach them. Just what it is. It's New Orleans Bounce music. It's a culture that's been around for two decades. I describe it as up-tempo, heavy bass, call and response type music. It has a lot to deal with twerking and ass shaking. You know, this is New Orleans and... You're going to get New Orleans strictly from me. I, I, I don't know no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these the press is very important to tell your story. So I have a story that I have to keep telling over and over and over again. And um, it comes along with the territory. It's, it's a part of my job. It's a part of my platform to be able to speak for New Orleans. So I'm I'm very much used to it after six seasons and... <laughs> you know, having to do a lot around the world. I'm very trained to do it. Yeah. One of the things that I, I really love about you is 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 your willingness to, like, bring your your culture and, and share it with everyone and, and your desire to do that. But does it does it ever get tiresome for oh, you to definitely. have to represent? Yeah. Oh, most definitely. You know, I'm human. I, I People get tired. I get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some days where it's just like, I don't want to get up and do this shit, but mm-hmm. I have to get up and do what I have to do. Um, bills must be paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm on a mission as well. Like my journey and my dreams and goals that I'm trying to accomplish. If I, you know, decide that I don't want to do it one day, that might be an opportunity that I'm missing. So you never know. Um, for the most part, I tell people you have to have hard will and determination to keep on pushing through because a lot of times there'll be days where you don't want to do certain things and you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I've been naughty, but I've also been nice. I made a wish list and I checked it twice. I want a new portion of matching beers. Awesome. We're gonna do that a couple more times and then we'll clear the party people and start doing the song through with just you and the dancers. So one of the one of the scenes we see in uh, I think it's episode one of the season, is you doing a music video for Make a Jingle, uh, your, your song from the Office Christmas Party soundtrack, which is just fun and, and super, just super bounce. I love it. I, or bouncy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the things that struck me is that you said, you know, I it's so professional. Everyone here is is like on time doing their thing. And 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 you wish that your your team could do more like that. Like, you don't have to give us the spoilers for this whole season, but like, will we be seeing you having even more of these interactions and, and, and more experiences where you are doing everything you want to do in the quote unquote professional way? Like, have you made it to that point where your team oh, is like, well, definitely. I mean, I'm not taking any slack on anybody. Like I want it to be stepped up in every angle on my team. You know, I work super hard to get, to different situations. I work super hard to get to this point where I'm at now in my life and in my career. And the people that's coming along with me, they have to stand up and hold their position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we've seen in your music a bit is you addressing um, more political things, whether it's gun violence and you yourself have been a victim of gun violence um, and and queer issues and that sort of thing. Do you feel any need right now that we're living in this era of Trump uh, to get even more overtly political in in your work? I, I definitely think so. I'm actually working on something, new music, you know, several projects to be able to keep using my platform to speak. It's very important because we're going through some trying times right now with our political system, our, you know, our president, you know, police brutality, you know, queer bashing, the DACA, you know, just so many other issues out there in the world that we're dealing with that need to be addressed and people need to voice their opinion. And I definitely will use my music as a platform to speak on some of those issues. Mm-hmm. Have I mean, do you feel like, especially New Orleans is such a bustling uh, city, and I, I feel like, you know, obviously in many ways you've talked about growing up and, and being bullied and being harassed for being queer, but it seems like things have gotten better, and obviously like, you're work, like you've been working with lots of people uh, local people who embrace you and you have plenty of people around you. But do you feel as though things are kind of regressing in, in New Orleans or have they stayed the same? Things have pretty much stayed the same in New Orleans. I mean, but it has progress from over the time from when I was growing up as a kid to currently now. Me being in a position to be the queen who I am, when I was growing up, I said, you know, I'm going to try to change the way that the guys approach a gay guy in New Orleans, and uh, I work really hard at it. I became one of the coolest gay guys in New Orleans that can go up to any guy and shake their hand and they not feel threatened by me being gay or my sexuality. And um, I think that has grown and spread it throughout New Orleans to all these different gay guys and different straight boys that, 
You know, we're all human. We're all from New Orleans. We all represent, you know, this same culture. Why we can't be friends just because of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that I have helped it grow in so many ways in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I appreciate about pre- appreciate about the show is that, like, I see all of these people working with you and just like it's not even a big deal it's just happening and I feel like it's a good sort of corrective to this idea that you know black people are more homophobic as a people than you know white people are that seems to be a thing that everyone likes to spout around and it's like no not all of us like in fact a lot of us are totally fine with it yes especially the females you know like our black females they embrace gay guys Mm -hmm. every female want a gay guy to be her best friend you know call about fashion or hair or my makeup or you know just to even hang out we have a good time together and that's how it's been for me as a kid in new orleans i was able to grow up with lots and lots of girls around me and it will be like the one gay guy who's kind of the protector, but also like their king. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's that saying is not so true. Mm-hmm. But that that can also be forgive me if, if I'm projecting here, but I can also imagine that being annoying sometimes. Like, do you ever feel as though someone just wants to be your friend because they want the, the, the gay best friend? Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, I've had. Ones that I knew that just wanted to say, oh, I got a gay best friend. But you you can also kind of feel if it's genuine, mm-hmm. you know. And if it's not genuine, we we rarely hung out together. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that the show does is it shows New Orleans, its, its characters, not just the people, but also just like all the different spots and places. Can you talk a little bit about like what side of New Orleans you're hoping to to depict through the show. I, there's just a lot of spaces there that I, I can sort of recognize. I've been there a couple of times now. Um, but then there's other spots where I'm like, oh, that's a that looks like a fun place to, uh, to stay. I mean, we try to shoot all over the city. We mm-hmm. try to give everybody in New Orleans a little touch, you mm-hmm. know, of the free to show. And um, it's hard to, you know, sometimes for clearance because anywhere we go, we want to be able to shoot, you know, but... Sometimes people want ridiculous amounts of money to shoot, and it's just not happening. Like I, I don't have a budget like that. That I want, I want to pay everybody to shoot. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we try to do as much as we can to represent the culture and let people get exposure of of you know their place of business or you know their area of of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think has been happening a lot. Uh, the discussions around cultural appropriation and like who gets to, you know, rep this, who gets to to take this. And mm, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like I, I, I found a clip of and I don't know if this, you were behind this, but it was part of uh, a clip from a few years ago through the show back when Miley did her whole twerking of thing. Of course, of course. <laughs> and it's I, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, most of importantly, the fans and the people, you know, were upset about it, you mm-hmm. know, about her twerking and knowing that I had been going around the world teaching people how to twerk and spreading this culture. And, you know, then she come and then it blows up like, you know, like she invented twerking or something. And, you know, so people have the right to get mad at certain situations, I feel like. 
But, um, you know, I offered Molly to come and take one of my classes and, you know, let me teach her how to really twerk or whatever. And I found, you know, in my space that I was happy of knowing the dreams and the goals that I had reached, you know, and the word that I had put out there. I was very pleased with, you know, even the people backing me up knowing that, I was the queen that was twerking way before she even thought about twerking that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the things, though, that, you know, you, you say a lot is, is like you want to bring bounce in, in New Orleans like to all all over the place and, and make it global. Um, but do you worry that like Molly, Miley, <laughs> Miley aside, that like the the higher you get uh the more diluted what you do might become whether it's through other people copying your style or like is that something that concerns you at all not really because i'm authentic and i'm it's just one of me mm-hmm. you know they will have people that will it was done to the greatest every time the greatest you know, entertainers came out with a song. There was another group that came out with a song the week after. Mm-hmm. So that's letting me know that I'm an iconic individual and an iconic artist where if, you know, somebody wants to go right behind me and try to do similar things to what I'm doing, I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And one of the other, like just to pivot off of that, another thing that I often see is the idea that gay culture is being um, appropriated by women, especially black women. Do you feel as though that's true or do you or like, is there something more going on there? I think that they borrow from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, a lot of times now the the gay culture is spreading, even especially the drag world Mm -hmm. is spreading like wildfire through every household. We now have RuPaul's Drag Race. We have Drag Race. We have Drag Con, Mm -hmm. the first drag convention, you know, going on. So it's, it's, it's a more broader, you know, spotlight on, on queer world, you know, and people want to be involved in it. People want to get a taste of it. People want to touch and feel it. And, um, I think it's pretty cool, you know, that, you know, now people are giving drag queens and queer worlds the attention that they've been deserving. Because for a long time, queens been snapping and having their face beat and their gowns to the floor and walking with a certain walk and talking with a certain talk, you know, and girls love all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, you know, I, I often... I'm reminded of that documentary Paris is Burning that mm. like from the late 80s yes. early 90s and and I was just like well the first time I watched it I was wow all of these things I did not realize like it was an education for me of yes. like that's where all a lot of this comes from trust me yeah trust me that's why they made the movie it yes. was important that they made that movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah now I do want I have to ask you about I'm sure you're pro- probably tired of talking about it but I have to ask you about Beyonce and Lemonade <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. I like cornbreads and collard greens, bitch. Oh, yes, you best to believe it. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati. And, you know, we, we saw on the show what it was like for her to call you and the experience of actually working on that. Um, but in terms of, you know, one of the of the video for Formation, which you're not in, 
um, but you did the voice over for that. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of critics of hers who said that the imagery of her like sinking into the 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 water with the uh, police car was like reminiscent of it felt like they were, she was exploiting Katrina in a way. And you yourself lived through Katrina and survived Katrina and was displaced by Katrina. Um, and I don't I'm assuming you didn't know that that like you didn't know what the vision was going to be for the actual video. But like, what did you think about the, the, those criticisms of her? I mean, you know, a lot of people have their opinion and that's their opinion. But I also felt like she was representing Louisiana and down south in general of all these things that need to be spoke about. Like sometimes we just put things by the wayside and we forget about them and forget that there was nobody there to rescue us for a few days. There was nobody there to feed us. There were people getting shot, people dying on side the roads and stuff. And we need to be reminded of some of those things. You know, it's 12 years later, and New Orleans is still not all the way together. And um, I was happy with the video. Mm-hmm. I was very happy with the video. Yeah. And, I mean, it is 12 years later, and we're kind of seeing the same thing happening right now. Yes, with, with in, in, in Texas. In Texas, and, and Florida might be getting, at the yes. time that we're recording this, it could be getting hit this weekend. And a lot of us ran to Texas, and we were not accepted in Texas, and now the tables have turned. Oh, wow. What do you mean? Like, you mean, did you receive some negativity there? A lot of people, they were like, we don't want y'all here. Wow. You know, we don't want those refugees here. But, like, us people of New Orleans, we still have a heart. We feel for those people because we went through the same thing that they're going through now. And we're reaching out and pouring out our hearts, trying to help in any way that we can. Um, you know, and it wasn't all the people of Texas because a lot of us, you know, a lot of New Orleans and Texas people connected really well. And, th- you know, some of them opened their arms and took us in. But we also was rejected in some areas and, and w- people wanted us to leave and kick us out. But, you know... You don't base what happened to you in the past of what's going on into the present now. And we are just so saddened by all the tragic that's going on in Texas. And we are praying for those people like super hard. When I saw it, it brought me into tears and it brought me back 12 years later when I had to be rescued by a boat and me and my family were stuck on top of a roof and the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we don't talk about. I I have friends who went through Katrina and the sort of the trauma that's still there, especially with the hurricane like this and having to like feeling as though you're reliving it in a way Mm. um, is something I think that we don't discuss enough. We talk about the immediate aftermath, but not the lingering effects of it. Yeah, it it was life changing and it will forever sit with me. You know, I get emotional when I talk about it because it brought me back through so many things, being able to see so many things for so many days and the hardships that we went through. And that's why when I see it on TV now, it's just like, wow, you know, it brings me all the way back and it feel like it happened just last week. Mm-hmm. But thankfully you were still here and you are just doing really, really well and things are going great for you now. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, you talk a lot about like, getting to the next level like what does the what does the peak look like for you like where where is the 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 highest of heights that you want to go I mean you know there's so many things I want to do so many things that's on the bucket list but just to name a few you know 
entering us into these categories. You know, bounce music has its own category. Mm. You know, you mean for the Grammys and that sort of for, thing? For all of the awards, yeah. performing at the award shows, mm-hmm. you know, getting on the charts. You know, that's my big vision of representing New Orleans and the culture of bounce music, like getting it to the points where all these other genres of music have categories and award shows. I I want them to come to the Bounce Awards, Mm -hmm. you know, like come see what we do. It's a whole experience in itself. Yeah. And I mean, I can see it being like now we have all of this island flavored music. Of course, Caribbean. Bieber, you have, you know, Calvin Harris taking on all of this. And I can see I can see bounce happening yeah. at, at some point. Yeah, hopefully. me too. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to keep working hard to it so I, as, as much as I can. Yes. <laughs> and for my final question, what is the last thing you saw on TV or in, fi- or in film that you weren't actually directly involved in um, where you felt as though you were represented? You saw a part of yourself in that person, that that Ooh. story, that TV show? Oh, girl, now that's, that's a hard one. <laughs> I, I have to think on that. Something that I felt like I was represented. You know, I would honestly have to say um, the most recent movie that I watched was when love kills, but I was involved in that. And oh, was that the um, Felicia Blakely story? Oh, yes. It was what? What channel was that? That came TV on One. TV One, right, right, right. Yeah, and it 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 had a, a home feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see all these young ladies going through domestic violence and being, you know, have somebody that's like looking over their life and have their life in their hands and. You know, you think to yourself, hmm, how how can I help them to get out that situation? And, I, you know, growing up in New Orleans and growing up around poverty and drugs and killings, you know, it brought me back to some of those times in my early age of, of you know, hopefully I can help my friend get out this situation, this boy beating on her or this guy, you know, treating her bad or using her body in a sexual way that's not appropriate. And so that that I can really relate to this movie is a must see for every young lady, especially, you know, growing up and even older people who might be in a situation that they really want to get out of. Because this lady, Felicia Blakely, is in in jail doing life. Also, a guy that, you know, was making her do all these things and he's walking free and and living his life. Mm. I guess we can give that a pass, right? Even though he was in it, of course. I mean, even though what? <laughs> even though you were in, you were sort of involved in it. We'll we'll give it a pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just the best friend on the porch. I was, <laughs> I was the best friend on the porch. That the gay best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally that. That totally works. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's our conversation with Big Frida. Her show premiered this week and airs every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fuse. Represent is produced by the lovely, amazing Verilyn Williams, and our excellent social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. Our intro-outro music is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. And be sure to check out and follow us on Instagram at Slate Represent for even more movie and TV goodness. 
Also, if you haven't already, you should definitely check out Slate's Lexicon Valley, which is a podcast about language from pet peeves, syntax and etymology to neurolinguistics and the death of languages. Some recent episodes have tackled efforts to revive endangered Native American languages, the history and evolution of no and not, and how languages around the world develop similar words for mom and dad. It's hosted by linguist, author, and Columbia University professor John McWhorter, and Lexicon Valley appears every other Tuesday. So subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Until next time. Listener.